This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to a connected family and restored community. Today on the show, I'm talking to Emily Pepito. We're going to be chatting over the next few weeks about celebrations. I'm excited to have Gail Boss on to talk about all creation weights. And so today, I'm going to talk about some of our own family celebrations with my lovely daughter, Emily. Thanks for joining me today, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be on again. It's so fun. What I really want to talk about over a few weeks of podcasts around the holidays is the concept of creating your own sacred rhythms for the holidays. And one of the things that really helped us with this, it's kind of a funny journey because when you guys were young, we became friends with this missionary family. We really admired their children. I loved, I loved their children so much. They were so beautiful and helpful and fun and just a delight to be around. But the the dad of that family really hated Christmas. He thought it was a, you know, he thought it was from the devil, basically. And so there was a season where we were friends with them and we we're like working out our own family rhythms, our own family traditions. And, you know, we kind of worked through that. Like we stopped, we didn't, I think we didn't do Christmas at all one year. I had a baby that year. It was my fifth child was born in December. And so that year I had little gifts for all of you when the child was born, which is December 6th, St. Nicholas Day. And then we, I think Christmas Day, we ended up doing stockings and my husband went out and bought you guys a turtle or something. And so we kind of had this little dance for a little bit as a family, a young family with five young children of trying to figure out what holidays do we want to celebrate? What traditions do we want to have as a family? And so, you know, there was a couple of years with the year before we'd gone to Mexico at Christmas time. And I remember I, I found some flowers to decorate the table where we were all, we were on a mission trip. So it was all these families on a mission trip together and we were there over Christmas, but we were with the missionary who didn't like Christmas. And so the like Christmas Eve, I went out and there was a bougainvillea growing at a, an empty lot. And I gathered some flowers to decorate the table. And the missionary dad was kind of suspicious. He's like, why are you decorating the table? Like, are you decorating it for Christmas? He didn't say that outright. And I wasn't decorating for Christmas. I was just decorating the table. But, you know, in the world of Christendom, there are a lot of ways that we can celebrate holidays. And as families who are on a path towards restoration, who are cultivating sacred homes, I think that it is really important to actually take a minute to pause and reflect, what are we celebrating and why? I agree. And I think it is important partly because I'm actually reading Animal Vegetable Miracle by Barbara Kingsolver. And in the first part of her book, she talks about how, she's talking about food, but how much of our relationship with food is like negative or thoughtless. And when we pause and really consider what we're celebrating and why we're celebrating, it just, it starts to root these traditions kind of deep into the the fight the sort of the fabric and the weave of our lives that I think is something so essential to like whole um whole families and just and 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 beauty and creating beauty and and you see it in so many of the cultures that we really 
um, admire. Like the Italians have vast stores of tradition and culture and even modern we've had a, a woman on who lives in israel currently and just the the traditions of the sabbath and traditions of their culture even when we go back into the bible we see these gifts of holidays that god gave and he wasn't just like okay here's a day celebrate it he was like here's a day here's why it's holy here's why it's beautiful here's what you're celebrating and remembering and so yeah i, I think it's super important to really have our whys and understand what we're doing yeah. And so that reset was actually really good for our family because it weaned us off of doing anything out of obligation. Like we, you know, at that point, I think we stopped exchanging gifts with adult siblings. Like we were, my husband and I, I have five children in my family. And so we stopped exchanging gifts with adult siblings. I think at that point we stopped buying gifts for all the cousins. And then for a little while we did maybe an exchange where we each bought one family something, or there was some kind of a gift that was involved, but we were able to establish our own family traditions that felt life-giving, that were the ones that brought us together as a family. And I think it really is important to take a moment to evaluate. And that is actually one of the activities in my Advent guide, Unearthing Wonder. It's a companion to the beautiful animal stories in All Creation Waits. And in Unearthing Wonder, you take an Advent evening to write down all the things that you do at Christmas, the recitals and the shopping and the wrapping and the family parties and the gift exchanges. And you just take time to evaluate them. Like, do these bring life to our family or not? Because just because you've been doing something doesn't mean you have to continue doing it. I think it is okay to just take a minute and say, is this drawing our family closer together? Is this building a community? But I also think, you know, one of the one of the things that I I almost kind of have some regrets about is when you detach too much from your surrounding communities, traditions, that can also be a problem too, because we need community. We need to be in community. And so what are some of your perspective, Emily, on that, that really fine balance? Because I have, uh, like I said, five siblings, there's five of us in our family. And so typically we would get together on Christmas day but we lived a couple hours for a while. We lived in Mexico, so it was about 10 hours. And for a little while, we lived a couple hours away from my extended family. And so it was, it was always kind of a big consideration. Like, is it worth it to drive two hours on Christmas Day to spend time with my family? I love my family. I want to be a part of their lives. But is Christmas Day the time that we have to do that? And so we eventually made it like a off Christmas. You know, we would have a big family roller skating party or something because there are 35 grandkids too in my parents' family. And so we did what we could to stay connected to extended family while also building our own family traditions. I always love the verse in Proverbs where it says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And I think fairly early on, I remember all of us like voting to not join the family on Christmas. Like like the, all the family would get together on Christmas day for a long time. And and for a number of years, that would involve us driving two hours or even driving an hour on Christmas Day. And it meant um, getting like, getting up, opening presents, but then having to like clean up and the stress of getting ready and we had to get food together. And it just turned it turned day into into a hubbub that was not relaxing. It was not connecting. It was not family oriented. And I and you we'd go and it would just sort of 
you wouldn't see wouldn't see my parents. I remember I actually remember one night when I was really young, my cousin and I got put to bed. And this is when one of my aunt and uncles lived in Granite Bay, I think. And we got put to bed early and we were lying there and we had to have been like six or we were little and we were like, when we grow up, the kids, we're never going to separate the kids from the adults and the kids are always going to be allowed to stay with the adults and we're going to have traditions that actually involve family. Like we were so little, but I remember this conversation so vividly and we were like, yeah, we're going to actually play games together and there's going to be hot cider for everybody. Like we were so annoyed at being put to bed early and we were scheming this plan of like how the holidays were going to include children. And then as we um, and then as our, my immediate family, like you, dad, and my siblings got older and we started separating out from family, that was like some of the best Christmases ever where it was just us. Um, and we, we always go for a walk now. We just really beautiful time together. And I think, I, I think that first of all, I think the connection in your primary family is more important than externals, but I, have loved how advancing on that Christmas day where we spent it just together, we now have a Christmas Eve dinner where we do invite people over or we, we would be willing to go somewhere. And I think that um, kind of examining your holidays and being like, hey, there's like Christmas isn't just Christmas day. There's, you know, if you look at the UK, there's Boxing Day and there's Christmas Eve. And so being, being really creative, I think, to um, manage manage Christmas in a way that is not exhausting, but also being like, it's not just a day. Like I can spend the entire Christmas day with my family, my immediate family and not feel guilty. And we can have like an hors d'oeuvres party on boxing day. And that's totally fine. And I think just being really creative and knowing your priorities, but definitely it's one day of the year I would say, and I'm speaking just into Christmas and I love like Passover to me is a, is a community thing. Like I love when a community gathers for Passover or there's our Thanksgiving. Like that's a, Thanksgiving with with nobody around feels really like a letdown. And so I think understanding your priorities, understanding community and how that fits into it and being willing to have one holiday that's just family and one holiday that's more community. I don't know if that answers your question. It's just some of my thoughts on it. Yeah, I love that because I think that there is, like you said, you can look at the whole season of holidays or the whole liturgical year even and find that there are many different days that could be purpose differently in a sense. Like, yeah, you could say, okay, Thanksgiving is a day we're going to serve our community. We're going to invite people in, or we're going to go serve at a, at a, um, a community Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas for our family. Christmas day is a day that's kind of sacred for rest and connection. Whereas Christmas Eve, we will invite people in or, um, gather in some other way, New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's day, all of these holidays, can be purposed differently depending on what your family needs and maybe even depending on what they need in a season. I think the main thing to think about is what creates a connected family and a restored community in your sphere of influence. What is going to work towards that? And another thing that we did as a family in Christmas, we had, like I said, my fifth son was born on December 6th. And so early on as a family, we started taking December off. We schooled in the summertime because summer's hot. And what else do you do? You can't be outside all day. And so in the summer, we would do a few weeks of school or a few months of school. And then at December, we would take the whole month off and it became such a fun month. So families who are considering doing something like this, the Peaceful Press has Christmas Guide one, which has all these amazing, playful games and large motor skills. And it's, it's, 
you know, geared towards younger children, preschool and kindergarten, but your elementary kids are going to love making a hot cocoa mix or having a snowball fight with folded socks or, you know, some of the really whimsical activities that are included in there. And then Christmas Guide Volume 2 is set up where each week has a different theme. There's a nature week, a pioneer Christmas week, a European Christmas week, and then an ancient history or nativity Christmas week. And so it'd be really easy to adapt that to even just doing one week of it. If you aren't taking the whole month of December off for Christmas fun, you could just do one week of that Christmas guide. And then when you're doing the Playful Pioneers the following year, do the Pioneer Week. Or if you're doing Kind Kingdom this year, take a week at Christmas time to do the European history activities in Christmas Guide Volume 2. So it was really a special tradition for us to take that whole month of December off and then really enjoy each other, enjoy reading stories and cutting down a tree and just all of the traditions that we ended up developing. Because, you know, once we had taken a few years off of celebrating Christmas, we actually came back to it and and decided, okay, um, you know, for my husband, getting the tree was not this big, happy thing in his family necessarily. And so getting the tree became something that I would do with the kids. And uh, at this point, the kids decorate the tree. Uh, stockings. Stockings were a really happy memory for me from childhood. We would go to my grandma's house and she would have taken all of my grandpa's socks and stuffed them for all of her grandkids. There was oranges and nuts and candy in there. Nothing fancy, but it was as a, as a child of uh, five in a family that didn't have a lot materially, it really felt special to go to my grandma's on Christmas day and have a stocking my grandpa's old sock with a bunch of stuff in it. And so stockings are something I'm very serious about at Christmas time. But gifts, I mean, we, like I said, we took some years, one year we did only thrifted or handmade for Christmas. Uh, We've had some really different creative ways of doing Christmas. One year we went to Italy and so we we didn't exchange gifts. And then it was almost like the gift of the Magi because on Christmas morning in this little medieval room in Italy, people were coming up with gifts that they'd bought at the local grocery store, or uh, it was just such a special, special Christmas. And materially, there wasn't a lot in terms of gifts, but there were these really special little things like an Italian chocolate bar or some fun fruitcake or something. And so I think that when you really take that time to evaluate what's important, then you can maybe go after some big family dreams. Like for us, that Christmas in Italy was a magical family memory. I mean, something we talk about all the time. And, you know, we we didn't buy big presents for our kids, but we did buy airline tickets and an Airbnb in, in Assisi where St. Francis came from. So I think that the beauty of taking time as a family to evaluate, you know, do that activity and unearthing wonder where you really take time to evaluate what of our family traditions are life-giving and what are life-draining will help you to create the experiences that are going to really enrich and connect your family and bring joy to your family. Emily, can you remember any traditions or things that, that were really special to you and you plan on carrying on? I think one of the things that we did shortly after, or probably around the same time that we kind of decided that Easter and the roots of Easter were not necessarily for our family, we started doing a spring picnic. And I really loved that. And um, I loved 
the we'd go out and we'd just have this picnic down by the creek or somewhere beautiful and um mom would hide chocolate eggs <laughs> and we'd have to go find them and it was just it was really and she'd always read aloud to us and it was just a really delightful time and I think um that is something I'd love to continue there's and there's little things too like when you're thinking about holidays or traditions it isn't just always like the big ones but for as long as I can remember We'd go to um, Apple Hill and we'd get apple donuts at Rainbow Farms every autumn. And that's a tradition. That's a tradition that's actually so memorable to me. And so even now in the fall, even though I haven't been to Apple Hill in like five years, autumn rolls around and like it's Apple Hill season. Like I'm just, I get excited. I'm like, it's apple time. Like there's this, there's this kind of quickening almost that happens. I'm like so excited. And I think, I think as a family, the, the biggest thing is that if as you go forward, if you're a young family, if even you're a medium age family or an older family, it's never too late to start traditions, but don't make them big or weighty. Don't go in and be like, okay, we're going to revamp all of our holidays. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and it's going to be really ornate and blah, blah, blah. But go in and just pick a few things that you can be consistent at and, and try and pick things that you can be consistent at even if you no longer live in the same area or if you, you know, if, if something changes, is this a tradition that in some way, shape or form we can continue doing year after year? And I, I would love to actually like, if I was going to do another degree, <laughs> the, the psychology and the, and the, uh, like the effect, like the emotional and even physical effect of traditions, I think would be fascinating to understand because I don't think that God gives us things to do. Like in the Bible, when he gave the Israelites the traditions and the holidays, I don't think it was just so that they would remember him. I think there is something designed in us to respond to these rhythms of celebration that like lift up our soul and glorify God. And I'd love to know, understand it more, but just, just as a family going forward, just really finding again, things where you can be consistent, where it brings joy to your whole family and where it's, um, something that really sort of delights you guys, I think is just an incredible part of forming tradition. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Emily, about God setting up the biblical feast, because in Abraham Heschel's book, The Sabbath, he talks about how it was it was so interesting because Abraham Heschel is a Jewish rabbi or was a Jewish rabbi. But he talks about the Sabbath as a person that wants to be with us and that the Sabbath isn't just so we can rest our bodies or isn't just so that we can take a day off. It's because the Sabbath is a person that wants to be with us. And really, if you look at the story of Jesus, the story of God throughout history, God wants to be with us. And so I think that the the real beauty of these celebrations, these traditions, is that we are creating space to be with God. So it's not just that we are creating space to make memories as a family. You know, one of the most intense moments in our trip to Italy was walking into the Pilgrim Chapel in Assisi, Italy. And the Pilgrim Chapel, there had been people praying there for a thousand years. And there was just such a presence of God as you walked in the door. It felt like, you know, there was just an intense an acknowledgement and awareness that people had been praying here and being with God for a thousand years. And I think that this really, as we're looking at our holidays and looking at our traditions, I think this is what we need to be looking for is how can we make more space 
to be with God and to, and to let him be with us. Like he wants to be with us. He wants to be close. He wants to be the friend that is closer than a brother. And so in our holiday celebrations, are we making space for that? Or are we, you know, buying thousands of dollars of gifts and then spending days wrapping them and, and feeling all stressed out. And even the, you know, honestly, even the experience of like going into a mall at Christmas time is so uncomfortable and, and so, painful almost. Whereas if we could simplify some of the things that we do so that we made more space to create sacred rhythms and sacred habits, and in so doing create restoration, I think we're going to be really, we're going to be blessed and favored with the results of making space for God during holidays. Absolutely. I agree. 